Welcome to a special edition of the Great American Collectibles Show, broadcasting from the National Sports Collectors Convention in Atlantic City. This week's special show is brought to you by PSA and Heritage Auctions. Now, coming to you from the Berkus stage, here's Tom, Rico, JM, and special guest host, Derek Grady. All right, we're ready to go. Hi, my name is Tom Zappala with my two great co-hosts, John Mallory and Red Sox Hall of Famer Rico Petroselli. For you Boston fans, I think everybody knows who Rico is. Uh, five-time All-Star. Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions is going to be joining us, but he's... There he is. Oh, he's, not, he's always late. <laughs> uh, name of the show is The Great American Collectible Show. Uh, this show is a special two-hour show that will be broadcast next Wednesday night on uh, just about every platform. We're on uh, WCAP up in the Boston area, Facebook Live, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Alexa, what else? Uh, Spotify. Just read the sign. Yeah, read the sign, read the sign. Uh, And this show is is being sponsored by our good friends here at the National Sports Collectors Convention, PSA, and our good friends at Heritage Auctions. Derek, welcome, welcome. I brought some wax boxes so we can throw out. <laughs> all right, we have packs. all kinds of giveaways, and you have to speak up. We've got all kinds of giveaways. We've got some great guests, and we're going to open it up right now. Uh, we've got a bunch of guests coming in over the next two hours. But we are real honored first to, we've asked two gentlemen to come up. Number one, the director of this event, the man that is probably most responsible for this, putting this together, John Brogy, Executive Director of the National Sports Collectors Convention. John, welcome. I'm the Executive Director if you're having a good time. If you're not, I know where the complaint department might <laughs> be. Can we crank him up a little bit? Yeah, you got to crank that up a little bit, John. John, say that again. I said, I'm the director if you're having a great time. If you're not having a great time, we'll continue someplace that you can make your complaint. That's so. right. <laughs> I John, I, in a nutshell, I mean, are you happy with the turnout? Uh, We're ecstatic about the turnout. Uh, you know, I, I've told you on the show a couple of times in the past several months that uh, our ticket sales were were well ahead of what last year in Chicago was. And last year in Chicago was a big monster as we all came out of the COVID situation. Um, the number of people who just wanted to be involved in the show was crazy. Um, we've exceeded that this year. I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we got all the people into this building in, in the time frame we did. My staff did one heck of a job in, in making sure that people who were walking all around found where they needed to be to be able to get into the show on time. I want to say one thing, Tom. The tickets we've sold, we do a survey if you buy your ticket online. 55% of you in here are at your first national That's ever. a good sign. And we expect you That's to come back cool. every year Very, now. very cool. Yep. Very yep. cool. John, you know, we were talking, Rico and I we, and John were talking this morning, Rick, about the... Uh, it's Talk about a change in, in technology. Yeah. Uh, he's, his mic is off. Rico's mic is off. Is this one on? Here. <laughs> that was on purpose we did talk, that, talking Rico. Up, talking up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> but the logistics of a show like this, John, I, I mean, look at the, the amount of people here, the amount of vendors here. Can you put into words the work 
that goes no, into putting no. something like this together, my friend. I don't think I can. Uh, I know. I, I can I know. try. Um, when we walk in here on um, Sunday line. morning, and we are here on Sunday, and I was here on Friday to make sure that we began to get everything right. This whole building uh, is empty. There is zero uh, things in this building. Right. In a period of two and a half days, we brought in 590-some dealer booths, 65 to 70 corporate booths, the stage, PSA, all the other grading companies. Fantastic. To be able to do that in a period of less than three days uh, is amazing to me. Uh, there are so many moving parts. And again, I'm, I need to thank our staff for making it happen. They, they walk in here on, on Sunday and just take over. They know exactly what to do, where to be. And uh, I, I just sit there and put out any fires that we have. And thank goodness we haven't had that many this year. Well, John, first, thank you so much uh, for putting this thing together. As, as we were talking about earlier before we were trying to fool around with Rico's mic, the technology and Derek, you can attest to this. The technology has changed dramatically over the last several years with the boots and how they're set up. It's just, it's like, you know, it's just amazing as opposed to 10, 10 12 years ago. It, it well, you're is, still in the I mean, Stone every, Age. Everybody stone. now relies upon the internet for a variety of things yeah. to make a sale, to check prices, you know, to look to see what's available. and. All of that stuff comes together at the National. Our case break pavilion over here, these guys are broadcasting live to most of the world right now, and they're doing breaks up until midnight each evening. Um, technology is so important anymore. It's, I think, what has allowed our industry to grow. When, when we were within the pandemic, people weren't getting out to shows, so what they wound up doing was jumping online and connecting to the sports cards, sports collectibles industry through an online venue. But you know what? Nothing beats seeing it in person like you guys are doing it here. John, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming in. And by the way, John brought a guest with him that we're going to chat. I'm, I'm personally very excited about this because uh, I had BC tickets for 20 years, season tickets, and, and Rutgers University used to come in to Boston College, and we used to kick the hell out of them on a regular basis. What? <laughs> I mean, easy on my school, all right, man? Right. All right. But anyway, we are real pleased to have uh, Marco Battaglia, uh, All-American football player from Rutgers University. Uh, Actually, 1995 Big East Offensive Player of the Year. A nice seven-year, eight-year career in the NFL. Marco, welcome. How about a nice hand for Marco Battaglia? And a New York City boy, too. Yes, I am. Yep. And, and, and a Yankee fan. And a, we don't have to go down there. <laughs> Sorry, Rico. You know, Rico, you know. <laughs> he has to go down that road. Uh, Marco. I'll uh, tell you something about the Yankee fans now. Uh, I just want to say to all you Yankee fans out there, you know the rivals, Red Sox-Yankee rivals. Great rivalry. Even the years when I played. And I notice here at the show, there's a lot of people, Yankee fans, with the hats, with the shirts, like our friend over there. <laughs> but let me just say one thing. Nobody with the Red Sox, because the Red Sox stink this year. But the, the Yankees, this is the first time I've seen this many Yankee memorabilia stuff, clothing on 
in the last, what, four years, they finally got a good team. <laughs> and I, not for anything. I didn't see the last show I was at, I did not see any Yankee stuff being worn. So you're all front runners just like wow. the Red Sox, too. <laughs> he wants to fight again. This is a guy that's fight. from Brooklyn. Right. That's right. I'm from Brooklyn. Would you expect York. anything less? He's from Brooklyn. The last, <laughs> look at the Yankee fans leaving. Look, look. Marco, the last time, uh, the last time uh, Rico got into a jam with the Yankees, he had Joe Pepitone's toupee in his hand. He did. Okay, we're going to throw out some packs. Marco, some stories. We got to we talk a little there. bit of football. We'll talk some time. Because we, talk, we were talking before we went on the air. You played tight end, okay, which has now become a very different position, probably even from when you played, which wasn't that long ago. Absolutely. It's become a much more offensive position. I don't think blocking is as stress, although a guy like Gronk could do both. Yep. So I want you to talk about the tight end position, how it's changed, because you still watch the game, and then the game itself, the rules, what players can and can't do. You have a great perspective on this. Well, what the scouts are looking for now is somebody that can get in and out of cuts, get right. down the field, um, not necessarily play with their hand in the ground, Yeah. right? Because years ago, you would, get, you, you, would, you would find it difficult to get release from a linebacker or a, a defensive end. Nowadays, you can't even touch these guys. I know. Five yards, they're down the field, they're in their routes. So they're looking for more of an athletic uh, runner, jumper, rather than a big, bruising, maybe undersized offensive lineman where, hey, we'll put his, his hand in the ground and he'll block the power or he'll block the ed edge rusher. It, it, it's much different now. It's what they look for is much different. When I came out, I would probably fit into today's game a lot better than I did back in the 90s and the 2000s just because I was more of a past skilled type of a guy. Right. Um, so, it, listen, life is timing. I know. Timing is life. <laughs> the salaries these guys are getting now. Right. I mean, we talk about it. Rico's going to say the same thing. Like, yeah. as athletics and sports progresses, it's, it's just the generation prior to the current generation has always got a couple of complaints. And you played most of your career with the Bengals. I did. It's also not fair because the Bengals are really good now. They are. You they played are. on some tough times in Cincy. I did, and it was funny because this year when they went out to the Super Bowl, I said to myself, I said, you know, they really don't connect and reach it back at the alumni. So I actually reached out this year and I said, hey, guys, I know you're going to the Super Bowl. What do you have for the alumni? And they actually put together a beautiful experience That's for nice. us. So we all, a bunch of the guys, not all of the guys, all of the guys are still disgruntled. But we would go back, we went back, and we had a great time in L.A. They had some great players there. They couldn't put the team part together, but there was some great players, including oh, yourself, over those players. years. I played with some great, great players. Yeah, unbelievable yeah. players. Jacko, yeah. what are you doing now? So I'm the senior advisor to, for the president of uh, Rutgers University. Uh, been with back at my alma mater eight years now, fundraising, developing um, the athletic program, and uh, that's how I, myself and Mr. Brogy, John Brogy, know each other. We're both alumni, and uh, you know I'm here because obviously. This is one of my dearest friends, and uh, whatever he asks me to you do, Rutgers I do. You Rutgers guys, you stick together. We stick together. Well, listen, I want to thank both of you for coming. Marco, we got to get you to Boston. If you're in Boston, you're going to come on. You I'll see you Labor Day. We're playing BC. Oh, listen, Jesus. Listen, man, the other thing is, you know what? September. 
a few years later, you might have played for the Pats because Belichick loves Rutgers guys. Oh, yeah. Loves the Rutgers guys. Right. I'm not going to tell you my Pats story because I kicked myself in the butt, but it was down my free agent year. I'll tell it. I'll say it quick. It was between Belichick and John Gruden in Tampa, and I chose wrong. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're Thank a class you. act, Thank man. Good to much. meet you. Thank you very much. All right, we got a lot of giveaways out tonight. A little noisy over there. Wow. Uh, we've got some giveaways. Uh, we've got some trivia questions. We have uh, a few people going to come in. We have a special presentation for Rico uh, in a few minutes that we're really excited about. Yeah, no but, def defibrillator. But first of all, let's talk to Derek because Heritage Auctions basically has been the story of this convention. Derek, tell us about the card. The, uh, the 1952 Mantle? No, the 1952 Mantle. <laughs> okay, that one. You know, it's uh, really the highlight of my career was taking this card on consignment from somebody that bought it from Mr. Min in 1991 and kept it under, you know, really in his memorabilia room in a card saver and didn't want to get it graded and I showed up and told him we need to get this graded and it came back uh, SGC 9.5 which truly rivals any of the 10s that are out there and it's better than any of the 9s in PSA or SGC holders. So we have it right now on display at our booth. You can take a picture with it if you want. It's estimated at $10 million. I'm sure several of you out there maybe can come together and own it, fractionalize it. I certainly can't. Maybe Rico can. I know Rico Zappala certainly Zappala can. has no shot. <laughs> I offered 10000 for it. I didn't yeah, go for it. A little bit off. <laughs> what what is the bidding at now? Do we know? So right now the bidding is at, I think it was $5.4 You had the buyer's premium. You're roughly $6.5 million. But there's 30 days left in the sale. So we all know how at the end the sale takes off. You only have to put an initial bid in right now, so it, you know, it can run dry for a little bit for the next 20 days. But then the last week it will start to pick oh, up. That's again. typically for an auction like that's that. That's how typically it when it picks up. Yeah, that's how it works with extended bid auctions, which most companies do. So, but we are anticipating that the record for a sports item at auction is the Diego Maradona jersey that just sold for 9.3 million. And I think, and the highest price for a card ever paid at auction was 6.6 .6 million for a Hannes Wagner card. So we're already there. We're going to pass Hannes probably by the end of the day. Then we got to beat the uh, Diego Maradona jersey, and we'll do that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. Rick, Rick, you saw that card? I saw it. Yeah, Mickey Mantle was my uh, hero as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, and uh, I had a 1952 card. Of course, the industry wasn't born yet. And uh, so we used to throw it up against the wall with the other kids, you know, whoever was closest win. Put them in the spokes of our, our bike, you know, and uh, it was all, and then my mother threw them out. Your mother so had everybody else's mouth, mother. You know what I mean? Can you get a copy of the book? Um, I do have a question for Rico because well, you, you said that uh, Mickey Mantle, you've told this story on, on, the, on the air before, on the, sh on the show. You said Mickey Mantle was your idol. No, he was my, I, I didn't say that. What'd I say, say? Uh, what, I didn't say idol. I said Mickey Mantle was my favorite player. Okay, he was your I favorite player. idols. Right, well, he was your favorite player. Yes. Point being is you finally got to play against him yeah, as well, a rookie. That's right. And why don't you tell us about, you know, what did it feel like to 
be up at the plate. Your favorite ball player is on first base, and what happened? Oh, I thought that was the longest question I ever heard. Go ahead. No, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I was at first base, and so uh, Mickey Mantle, my my hero, on two guys were my heroes, Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron. Yeah. Mr. Clatt, Hank Aaron was, uh, I, I could tell you stuff with him, he's the greatest. Anyway, Mickey, oh, as a kid, so um, I take a lead at first base, I probably walked, uh, and uh, I'm saying to myself, gee, should I say hello to Mickey, you know what I mean? And so, ball one, I come back to the base, and uh, same thing, you know, it said, jeez, uh, uh, should I, should I? I said, I might not get a chance if the batter hits the ball. And so I finally, I came back, was two balls, no strike. I come back, and then I hear, hey, Rico, how are you doing? I said, hi, Mick, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a thrill it was. Rico. Him, Rico. So I was very fortunate to play against him and Mantle, uh, him and uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. You name them, and uh, they were just great. They were as great as you, as you, they're talked about. So, great Rico, now a great That's teammate it. of yours, Rico, yeah. Dick Raditz, great Dick pitcher. Raditz. Yeah. He had the best, I interviewed him many years ago, and he has the best stat against Mickey Mantle. By the way, he's the guy, Mickey Mantle nicknamed him the monster. Oh, and I right. interviewed Dick. Dick Raditz That's faced right. Mickey Mantle 63 times, struck him out 47 times. Gave, a, gave up one hit, to a, a home run. That's the only hit he ever gave, ever gave up to him. And I guess he's, he, Raditz told the story. They didn't know who Raditz was. And he struck out Mickey Mantle in spring training. And Raditz was a big, big kind of scary guy. looking guy. Right, Rico? And, yeah. And Mantle got so ticked off that Raditz struck him out. He's walking back to the dugouts saying words I can't say here. And he's saying, that you-know-what monster, that big, ugly, you-know-what monster. And that's how Raditz got the nickname, the monster. Now, yeah, and that's true. For, yeah. for you collectors out there, um, to give you an example of how little players knew back there what the value of uh, collectibles were, right. Mr. Petroselli two things that he had in his hand that he gave away well not gave away just tossed you caught the ball that rich rollins popped up uh to basically clinch the 1967 pennant yeah you caught the you caught the final out right and you handed the ball to jim lomborg and gave it to the pitcher jim lomborg what and, happened to that well he gave it to the owners and the owners died, not because of the ball, <laughs> but because they got old, you know what I mean? That was a bad ball. <laughs> yeah. So I asked Jim Lombard, would the, you hear? He said, they lost it. And I had the ball. Think about this. For the Red Sox, for those of you who don't know, this was big. It turned the franchise around. I had that stinking ball, right? <laughs> if I would have known, I would never give it away. All right, so let's, let's take it one step right. further. How much that ball be worth now? Oh, God. No, to a, to a collector from Boston. So now let's direct this to Staten Island Joe Marino and New Orleans Steve Lane, two Mickey Mantle freaks that are in the audience. Petroselli caught 
the last ball hit by Mickey Mantle. Right? Caught the pop-up. Nobody knew. out of his career, yes. The last hit, right? Nobody mm-hmm. knew that he was retiring. So you caught the ball. What did you do with the ball? I threw it on the mound. What the heck? <laughs> we didn't know he was going to retire till next spring. So what would that Another, ball be worth, Derek? That ball would be worth... Let's ask the expert. Don't say that a ball million be because I'm going to faint. <laughs> um, last ball hit by Mantle? Yeah. yeah. Or, or the last out made by Mantle. The last, Mantle. very last out. Signed by Mantle and Rico? Uh, oh, that would have been really Yeah, I'm maybe, maybe just Mantle. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. 50 to, I mean, 50K. Really? That's all. I mean, maybe oh, I'm more. glad I don't, I threw it in there. I don't right. know. Hey, Rico, Rico. Does Steve Lane want the ball? Rico. Lane, what are you paying for it? With all, with all these things you've thrown away, remind me not to hire you as my investment uh, guy, okay? $50,000. All right, listen. Uh, it was we an out ball. It wasn't a home run ball. Exactly. Well, all right, we have some giveaways, and we have some trivia questions. This first giveaway, uh, this is really a cool picture. This is a signed Rico Petroselli. What is 1967? Yeah. 1967 with the wool uniform. Wool uniform. Wool uniform autograph. And here's the trivia question. Where is it? Oh. Who Rico Petroselli had owned the American League record for most home runs hit by a shortstop in a single season, 40. That, he held that record for how many years? Over 30. Over 30 years. Who broke that record? First one. Nope. Not Ripken. Not Cal Ripken. Who broke Rico Petroselli's single season record for most home runs in a season? By a shortstop. A-Ron, right here. Yeah, there you go, 52. sir. You got it. Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez, you, whether you like him or not, he was a too. great player. You want to back cards with it? Want one of those? Alex Rodriguez. Go halfies with you, Casey. All right, I did see... Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. 
Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. CSA Shows is proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on March 31st to April 2nd. Held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes away from Dulles International Airport. Celebrating over 27 years at the same location, there'll be over 300 dealer tables exhibiting on over 100,000 square feet of space. With both vintage cards and memorabilia, as well as modern-day sports collectibles, you won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third-party grading companies will be on site to assist you with your collecting and authentication needs. Some of your favorite superstars will be on hand, including football greats Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, Randy Moss, Emmett Smith, and many, many more. For more information, go to csashows.com. That's csashows.com. That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. Now let's get back to the National 2022 in Atlantic City. All right, I did see uh, our special, another special guest out here. Where is James? Is he around? Oh, there he is. Um, he would be... Uh, started when I was 14 years old, painting professionally. Oh, okay. Had the painting in the Baseball Hall of Fame at 15 of Reggie. Uh, the, actually, the painting I have on display there of Ted, Ted Williams and the 20 Greatest Hitters, I did when I was 17 years old. Wow. And that's probably one of the greatest paintings I've ever done for, for Ted in the museum. And uh, before playing baseball in college was Cal Ripken Jr.'s official artist when he broke the streak. 
I've worked for many companies, like you were mentioning, doing the covers for PSA the last few years, Tops, Upper Deck, all these great companies, and work with so many legendary athletes. And by the way, um, this book, obviously, um, some of you know us, uh, my wife, Ellen, and myself, and John, uh, we write the books uh, that PSA gives out. Uh, this is our most recent book, The Diamondbacks Collection, 50 of the Greatest Sports Cards in Collecting History. Uh, it's about the, uh, we wrote the book about the collection of Ken Kendrick, the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks. James has some absolutely wonderful images in this book that he was gracious enough to let us use. So if you do have a copy of the book, I know PSA is giving them out, you'll see, you'll see some beautiful, beautiful images uh, of some of the great players uh, in the book. With that being said though, um, James asked if he could make a little presentation to Mr. Petroselli. Uh-oh. So from uh, one shortstop to another, I guess. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you told me you were a second baseman. No, no. Oh, presentation? Yeah. How many? James. This is for you, Rico. So this, this right. is an original watercolor of you. And uh, very honored and happy Thank to give that to you so as a much. gift. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. What do you think of that, Rico? That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. I don't remember. I don't remember being that young. <laughs> Holy, it's been a long time. Thank you. That's great. Outstanding. That's, That's outstanding. Great. Congratulations, yeah, right? James. Let's, um, you know, whether it's a, a Rico Petroselli or the tremendous images that you have over at your booth, whether it's a Michael Jordan, a Tom Brady. I mean, the, the best of the best, no doubt. Um, we talked about this before about what draws you to an athlete, but you don't only immortalize these athletes. You've had you have some great stories about meeting some of these athletes. Can you share a couple with, with the folks here watching? Yeah, I've been very blessed and lucky to be around these guys my whole life. Like I said, the first player I'd ever met that signed a painting of mine was Joe DiMaggio, who always you know took to my work. Um, I think being 17 years old and, and doing the work for Ted and, and being at that event and again just. <laughs> building relationships with all these Hall of Famers. And actually that year was the first year Jeff Bagwell won the MVP. And I remember talking to him about how my stance was like that in high school. Just all these incredible memories. Were you memories. stage struck? I mean, you're 17 years old. Uh, you, I mean, Joe DiMaggio, so those are like intimidating figures. I, you know? Yeah, I think when I look back, I mean, that to me it was like being around those guys, Muhammad Ali, Arnold Palmer, Ted Williams, Mantle. Um, Probably now I'd be almost more, although I've met so many people, but I probably wasn't thinking of it, how big it was, and now when I look back... You didn't know what you didn't know back then, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is the cool thing that, you know, a, a lot of people get to paint these guys, but for me to paint them and actually meet them in person, uh, that's that's very special. It's always been an honor for me. Yeah. What do you try to bring out in an athlete when you paint that person? Obviously, you know, they're from images maybe that you've seen on cards, whatever, but what do you try to bring different to the, uh, your interpretation of that person. Like your Peyton Manning was, uh, you know, it's, it, it just cuts right through to his personality, you know? I think um, being a, an avid sports fan, watching a lot of sports, playing sports, I think that helps when it comes to being an artist like and, and doing that. So, right, I, I think I'm trying to find something probably that I would love. You know, and I think as I've gotten older as an artist and a painter, I've gotten better at really trying to find what I think will connect with the audience and people who buy the work. You know what's interesting, uh, James, that 
you know, there are the, the ball players in all different sports, and then there's the front office and all that. People don't realize you love sports and you have an ability. Of course, not many have them like you, but they're, they're artists, because one of my sons is a very good artist. And uh, that's an area that they can get into, right? I mean, you know, and uh, not only possibly make a living, but to enjoy it. You know, and yeah, your, I, your stuff's beautiful, but uh. no, I think it's something that you're born with. Obviously, just like in anything, whether you're a great athlete, musician, artist, I think uh, for me it was a little more rare because I wasn't a professional artist. I mean, uh, ball player, but I was good enough to be an all-state shortstop, yeah. played in college, and it's so it was interesting to have that ability to paint and also be athletic. But uh, you know, for me, it was probably like your son. It was something that's in me since I was young. That's all yeah. I wanted to do. And obviously, the combination of the love of sports yeah. and the love of art really started early for me. I mean, going back to probably you know eight, nine, ten years old. And then when wow. things started getting bigger, that's when I said to myself, <laughs> I was always a collector. And I said, well, yeah. what would be cool to get signed besides you know I'm buying baseball cards back then. So I. I happened to pick Joe DiMaggio to go see, oh, yeah. and, and that was the first guy. So it was really all built on collecting as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, James, I'll tell you, uh, your work is magnificent. Uh, the, why don't you, do you know, can you know the booth number? Yeah, I, I, it's, I, sometimes I can't even find my way back. Uh, <laughs> that's a long I think way. it's, yeah, 1756. We're sort of behind Upper Deck, and we're excited for tomorrow. Like you mentioned, Tom, the book. We're doing a book signing at that booth. Uh, from 10 to 12, and I'm really honored and proud to have my artwork. Uh, there's only one, some of the paintings uh, in this book. And yeah, so come check it out, ask me questions. I've got some really cool paintings out to, to showcase and show uh, from, from some of the oldest uh, trading cards and the most iconic trading cards to some of the current players. So yeah, come out. I'll be here uh, through the weekend, and I always appreciate coming on. It's awesome. We love having you. And Thank you so if much. You, uh, if you have a book from PSA, if they've already given you one, uh, Ellen, myself, uh, John, and actually Rico will be there too for a little meet and greet. We'll be more than happy to sign the book for you. We're going to be there from 10 to 12. And if you don't have one and you want to purchase one, you can also do that. So, James, I, uh, thank yeah. you so Thanks, much. James. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate James. It. Thanks. James Tarantino. Now, listen, I think I saw Joe Orlando somewhere. Uh, Joe's supposed to be joining us. So, if can, I, can I say something to the crowd Absolutely. here? To all the whole crowd, the whole place. Look. We do the radio show and uh, Great American uh, Sports Collectibles show. It's on every Wednesday. It's an hour show. And not so much John, myself, and, and Tom, but we have on some great people from the various auctions. Uh, they're sponsors, or we just have them on to talk, talk the industry. And nice. When you get a chance, tune in, tune into it, right? Really, you, you'll learn a lot of stuff. Derek right here next to me from Heritage, he's, uh, he, he really is an expert on... In, uh, I tell you what, as, as uh, right? Grady is, he is the, he really is the epitome Be of the careful. expert. He's a pain in the neck, but he really is an expert. There's no, no but doubt. Really, really, tune in. Uh, Tom, why don't you, uh, when, before the show's over, let people know how they can get to the show. Get on. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, the show really, we got some great we, guests. We've been very fortunate. The show, this is our sixth year on the year, and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Myself, Rico, and John alternate weeks. Uh, I'm just, uh, you're stuck with me every week. And as I said, we're on many, many different platforms, but our big platforms are the PSA Facebook page, 
um, <clears throat> the Sports Collectors Daily Space Facebook page, and you know all the different platforms: YouTube, iHeartRadio, uh, all of those. So, if you join us for on every Wednesday night from 6:30 to 7:30 Eastern Time, what are you talking about? The show? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I've been on that. Oh, you have. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, you know, Joe Orlando's going to be... Joe's gonna, you mentioned I did us. mention you. Joe's going to be joining us in a couple of minutes, but I want to talk to Derek. You know, Let's do it. one of the big topics... Seven-year-old man. <laughs> one of the big topics on the show is what's happening to the hobby. And we always, you know, we go back and forth. Vintage versus modern. And... It's just amazing as to what's happened with the modern and ultra-modern card market. Rico is a very big proponent of the modern and ultra-modern market. Yeah, Why? And I think it's a future, the future of the business to grow. The uh, vintage stuff is fabulous, of course. You know, it's pretty expensive, but you got all, all these cards uh, that are, are affordable, that you can get started or you, you, your collection can grow. Uh, but so I, I, the vintage is great. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you know, some of the some of the cards out now, and you know, I, I got to be honest with you, Yankee fans. One of my favorite players is Judge. Judge has done more for baseball and the Yankees in the last few years because he's a solid kid and he's a pretty good hitter. See, I'm I'm a vintage guy. I think Derek. What are your thoughts? Uh, vintage is blue chip. Modern is, I don't want to say crypto, but it's close. Got to be careful on these modern cards, man. It's feast or famine. And right now, I think you've seen a correction. I think you've seen some of the cards go up really fast, and they're starting to come down. But Aaron Judge is tearing it up right now. Um, you know, it's just got to be careful. You can't spend, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Look back at some vintage cards. Look at some Mantle, some Ruth, some Ty Cobbs, Kyle Ripken Jr. Look in the 80s. Look at Griffey. Look at some of the superstars. Don't just buy all modern and then get disappointed when it crashes. I, it I, think, I think, though, guys, and I, and I think Derek can speak to this, too. I, I think they work hand in hand. And if you look out at this crowd, not only seated here, but in and around this event right here, I, I think they drive each other. And, and I really feel like a lot of the people that are into, into this because of the modern players, whether it's a Mike Trout or a Patrick Mahomes or whatever, if they get into collecting, they're going to find out about the Babe Ruths and the Mickey Mantles and the Christy Mathewsons. I really think they work hand in hand. There are some people that just focus on one or the other, but I, I agree 100% with what Rico said is I think they drive each other in terms of keeping the hobby going. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show or the Philly Show from Friday, March 10th through Sunday the 12th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall B100 Station Ave in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer booths on over 75,000 square feet of space, sports collectibles heaven from 1800s to present day. Major auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies will be on hand to assist you in your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and anyone under 10 gets in for free. Autograph guests to include Baseball Hall of Famers Johnny Bench, Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, baseball stars Pete Rose, Ken Griffey Sr., and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. That's phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all began. We'll get back to the National after this break. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction. 
specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, 
we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay Vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay Vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay Vault is just as easy. Every card in the Vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay Vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay Vault. Mark your calendars for the Philly Show March 10th to 12th with James Fiorentino's newest project, Fiorentino Elite, will debut as part of a three-day exhibit featuring sports art from over the years, including pieces from James' There Is Only One Collection. The Fiorentino Elite Collection recognizes the greatest athletes in the world through a series of 22 by 30 original watercolor paintings. Each painting is signed by both James as well as the athlete. Committed to never producing the same image of an athlete more than once in the Elite Collection, each painting will be marked one of one. Please visit James at jamesfiorentino.com for more information. The Fiorentino Elite Collection are one-of-a-kind masterpieces that capture the spirit of some of the greatest athletes and champions of all time. Now back to the National Sports Collectors Convention special show. So from a show of hands here, people in this audience right here and standing back there, how many are vintage collectors? Pre-1980, let's say. We'll call it 70s. How many are vintage collectors? How many are modern collectors? See, that's interesting because that's a pretty even dynamic. That's a pretty even dynamic. Oh, Joe's here now. Where's Joe? Joe's over there. We're going to bring Joe up in a second. He's uh, squeezing hands. All right, so that's that's a very inter- I want to get Joe's take on that too. Yes. Uh, that's a very interesting dynamic. It's almost 50-50. It's important to the you collectors out there, isn't it? Right. Right. Um, I'm not a big. I'm, I'm not a big uh, a modern guy. Uh, I've been collecting vintage for a long time. Joe, why don't you sit right here? And we're going to ask uh, we're going to ask Joe Joe Orlando. For those of you that don't know uh, Joe Orlando, Joe uh, is the past president of PSA and CEO of Collectors Universe. And a big announcement uh, was made uh, a couple of days ago. Joe is now. Oh God! What a, what a duel this is going to be. 
Joe is now an executive vice president of sports. Yes. Is that, no, yes. No. Yes. Is that what it's called? I saw something like that. It's some Derek, fancy what's, title. What's the title? That's a great title. He <laughs> somehow got my title as well, executive <laughs> vice president of sports at Heritage Auctions. So these two gentlemen are now working together. And the world is never going to be the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> after after three days, I'll never same. be the same. Yeah, believe me. Yeah. After, yeah. after working with Grady, it's going to be wow. Yeah. It's going to, you know, you're going to be in straight jacket. But Joe, um, you know, we're just talking about. I want to get your opinion because we're talking about the modern market. We're talking about the vintage market and how things have changed in the last couple of years. Is it is it changing for the good? Are, are people overthinking it with the modern and ultra-modern market, or is there a nice balance? I think there's a nice balance. I mean, it, it has to be good when you look at the size of the crowd <laughs> the last couple of days. That's a good thing. There's more people being introduced to the hobby every day, and so... I think it's I think it's a nice balance. As uh, Derek was saying earlier, you know, vintage has been uh, you know steady and solid, and more people are coming into vintage. And, and look, the reality with uh, modern is that it, you you watch it every day. This is hap it's a story unfolding in front of your eyes every day, and there's there's an exciting element to that that you can't get in vintage. So there's some there's pluses and minuses to both. Joe, can you can you speak to? I mean, when we talk on the show, and I think everybody here is probably in the in the same thing. Everybody is here because they have a passion for the games, a passion for the sports, a passion for the players. And they're taking that passion, and I think it's okay if you can turn that into something that makes a profit, something that makes you an investor. Can you talk about that sort of age-old dichotomy, if you will, between the love of the game and the investor? And, and what we yeah. see here, you know, more than anywhere else maybe at the National. Yeah, I, I think um, as collectors, I think it's okay to talk about the, the, the financial yeah. uh, side yeah. of it. They're, I mean, look, we're spending money. We're, we're literally investing our money in this. So it's okay to me to talk about this side of it. I, I think that the key, and at least in my view, is that if you're doing it just for a return, I, I, I wouldn't do it. And what's really sort of ironic, and I think anybody that's been a collector, a veteran for a long time, when you buy things, items with a collector's eye, those are the things you tend to make the most money on, even though you're not trying to make money because you're looking at it through a certain lens. But when you are forcing it, you're, you're, you're trying to invest, you're trying to get a great return, oftentimes that's when you don't make money. It's, that's the irony of it. So I think when you look with a collector's eye, and you, because if you're, if you're seeing it through that lens, that means other collectors will also see it through that, that I think, lens. Derek, you were saying the same thing. Enrico, no, you too. I'm the playing love, with packs right now. The love of the item, the love is, is more important. What? I mean, you love me? Rather than the investment. Oh, yeah. it's a coming out party. Here the, we go. The investment is really secondary. I mean, you have to love what you're, what you're buying. I think that's that's key. I love you, Zap. <laughs> no, you, you got to, uh, yeah, I'm, the people here love, love collecting, love, there's some excitement about it. This industry is... Joe, I tell you, I'd rather invest in cards than, than the stock market. I, I, I understand that the stock market's down, but I'm serious. I would rather have people invest in diamonds, they invest in other gold and stuff like that. Th this industry is going to go nowhere but up. 
I, I really believe that. Now, I'm older than most of well, you. Well, the first thing you so have I to know. do is catalog your own memorabilia, which you haven't done yet. That's not the point. No, the what? folks out there, I, I don't know how they feel, but this is an exciting industry. I mean, I've been with you six years. You guys taught me a lot, not about the industry, but about other things. Uh, and uh, no, no. I really, I'm truly, I, I feel that way. I think it's, I think that's a great point. And maybe other, we get Derek and, and Joe to talk about that. Derek, this really, this is an exciting time, isn't it? This is a unique time, and I think a lot of it may be coming off of what happened during COVID, where a lot of businesses, unfortunately, you know, lost the collecting business, boomed, and now we're just kind of still playing off that. I'd like both you guys to comment on that. Well, not an issue. I, I also want to watch Zap throw like an absolute moron, ding the cards. It's all in the, the wrist, baby. It's all You're in the wrist. You're throwing them into the ground. I'm a it's professional all, grader. You're wrist. throwing the packs into the ground. <laughs> so if that's your cards that's what are I did ruined, when, when I was a kid, back to this idiot right here. That's what I did packs. when I was. He's a ruining kid. the cards as he throws. Them, I used so. to wipe out the neighborhood kids doing okay. that. Yeah, because you so. had a 48, <laughs> Here, a 45. Here, here's some more. Here's some Pokemon. I think they're round at least. Or po Pokemon <laughs> cards are round, right? So he can't damage these. There you go. Okay, so yeah, during COVID, it was, it was truly an unbelievable time for the hobby, which made no sense to me. While other businesses are suffering, somehow sports collectibles took off. I really think it had to do with the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. I think people were needed a hobby again. They're bored, and they started collecting. And the hobby has really taken off. And I think people have found their passion again. A lot of new people. I think Broji said what? 55%? 55%. Did you know That's that? That's crazy. 55% of the tickets sold here are first-time attendees. That's incredible. That's yeah, I can't believe that number, but I do believe people. them. All right, listen, we have another giveaway. Another trivia question. Think about the question here. First one that raises the hand wins an official Great American Collectibles T-shirt and... Pack of Pokemon? A Pokemon. There you go. Pack of Pokemon cards, which I hate. But aside from that. <laughs> All right. Pokemon, not Here's the Pokemon. question. <laughs> what year is the true Mickey Mantle rookie card? 57? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. 1951. There you go. The 1951 Bowman rookie Mickey Mantle card is, in fact, the true rookie card, not the Topps 52. Now, the Topps 52 is a much nicer looking card. I, I think we have oh, to agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I but think we can agree on that. The 51 Bowman is really the true. Do you own one of those? What? I said, do you own a 51 Bowman? Uh, I wish I did. No, I don't. I do not. I wish I did, though. I have one. My, my wife would kill me. Well, <laughs> mine isn't a good one. <laughs> it's not very good at all. Uh, what's the question? He asked it. I just asked it. He asked it. All right, another one. We got another one here. <laughs> you fall asleep. Has the mic, you're going to fall asleep. Who is the only pitcher to win three? You may be able to answer this, but you don't count. Why? Who's the only pitcher to win three Major League World Series in three different decades? Right, man. Come on up. The Ooh. Orioles guy. Jim Palmer. <laughs> oh, Jim Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You love throwing stuff I faced today. him. He wasn't fun to face. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about cards in general. 
The Honus Wagner card at one point in time was the Mona Lisa of cards. Is that not the case anymore? I'm asking both of you guys. I, I honestly believe so. When I was a kid, let's just say when I started collecting when I was nine, bought the 1980 Topps cards, had a lemonade stand, go down to the Clark's Corner store in Johnstown, oh, Pennsylvania. I've heard this story a thousand times. Wait, am I going to put you to sleep here? <laughs> so looking for the Ricky Anderson rookie card, the We Are Family Willie Stargell card, for all of you old enough to remember that. Sister Sledge. We are family. You know. I got all my sisters and me. There we go. <laughs> we got a loop going here. Please don't so, do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of had to do that. I, just had, I felt it in my bones. Um... I wanted a Mickey Mantle rookie card. Hannes Wagner, I thought, was more for the guys that were in the 60s and 70s, older than me. I figure the, the 52 Mantle was the card I wanted when I was 18. I didn't care if I got a one, a two, or a three. And I should have bought one, probably, and I didn't. And I never ever did buy one. But I feel like that is... So you would go with a 52 Mantle? I would, because I think the Wagner... Look, there's like 75 known. They're usually in awful condition. It doesn't have the great look like a like a 52 Mantle does. I just think Mantle has surpassed Wagner as the king of cards. And you can buy, there's so many more of them. That's, there's almost one for any budget, even though I would argue that a one now might even get up to 20 grand. So it's kind of exceeding that for some people. But Joe, know. what do you think? Uh, Joe, um, this is the way I would describe it. And I know you guys are going to laugh at my answer. But I think the Wagner in some ways is still the grail, the holy grail, but I think the 52 Mantle is, when you look at, just when you think of the image of that card, that is the symbol of the collecting hobby. Like that, Good that's point. it. Like you look at that image and that represents not only the hobby, but it's a whole generation of people who drove the hobby to another level. So the baby boomers who grew up watching Mickey Mantle and busting open those packs in the 50s and the 60s, in the 1980s, when this industry became a real, real business, a big nationwide business, those same people that loved Mickey Mantle as, as youngsters were driving the hobby to a new level. So there's something, I think, special and different about that card because of what the image represents. So that, that's how I would answer it. I have a question for Rico. Rico, you know, a lot of the stuff we we're talking about, it's player driven. We're talking about superstar players that we all love to watch emulate when we were kids what have you you played against what was it what was the number of hall of famers you played with or against during in, in the book i can answer that go F ahead 55 so when you were playing rico and you went up against or saw a, a willie stargell some you know derek just mentioned him a george brett or rod carew players like that dickie allen did you even though you were an opponent say man that guy's a good player or was it too much we're going up against him i can't show any admiration no you 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 showed admiration uh although you wanted to beat them naturally but uh, you knew this guy had special talents and like i say uh <clears throat> my favorite two two favorites uh was aaron and, and mantle and may and then of course Mays was probably the greatest uh you looked at them and said holy geez you you were you were really in awe uh, playing against them. You watch them as a kid, and then you get to play against them. But 
no, you, know, you had very much, very much respect. Uh, we want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for yes, joining thank us. thank you very much. We had a blast. Thank you. We're on every Wednesday night at 6.30. We hope you join us. 6.30 Eastern Time. With that being said, we love you guys, and happy collecting. Thank you.